Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Ready to eat clean in 2024? Factors Ready to Eat Meal Delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year. Get 50% off with code DVB50 at factormeals.com slash DVB50. Factormeals.com slash DVB50. Oh, yeah, them vinyl boys are here to remember the disco days. Oh, yeah. There were a lot of dance moves. There were a lot of wild clothes. There was a lot of sex. There were drugs, but there was no rock and roll. It was time to step the 70s rock and roll to the side and glide on the dance floor. And we've got the crew here today, them vinyl boys. What's going on, Rainbow G? Don't forget about my head. Oh, yeah. John Travolta. He hey, loved- don't touch my head. Don't touch the head. What? Yes. <laughs> yeah, don't touch his hair. His okay, hair. My uh, head. My head. It's just right. It's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, Saturday Night Fever was going down in Brooklyn, New York. You know, Love forget about it. And, uh, you know, it. don't touch my head. Yeah, my head. He hit me in my head. Memphis, uh, you're the one that brought the record, although you did forget it and had to run back home to get it. But the audience, they didn't need to know, but I figured I'd let them know. Well, you, you know what? I'm you not did show it. up, so we're a little late getting the show on, but... You did bring the record? I did. And I'm excited about this one. You know what? What made you buy this record? Uh, Because last week we were talking about it, and then when I bought it, I realized that I play a lot of these songs off this record in some of my gigs. And I was going to tell them myself anyway to give myself a hard time, so, you know, thanks for uh, getting a head start on that. Yeah, I figured we'd just call you right out at the yeah, beginning, get it out of the way. Are for, right? God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> DJ Tomcat, you've been uh, working your little disco moves over there in the DJ booth, getting ready for this one, ain't that right? And this came out the same year that Tomcat was born. That would be the year of the 1900s in 1977. Yeah, that's that right, 1977. <laughs> Staying Alive the was the number one song that year, so this this music has kind of entrenched in me. I Boom. love it. Must right, have been okay. listening to this as a little jit. Probably, I'm sure. A wee sperm. Your a mom loved sperm. it. I bet. Go back and listen to some of our old episodes. We've done classic albums like Thriller. We've uh, done some. What other albums? What's been some of your guys' favorites that people should go back and Metallica listen to? Metallica was good. Metallica. Michael yeah, Jackson, definitely. of course. Uh, uh, Atlantis Morissette, Jagged's Little Pill. Our first episode, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. The last one that was just good. Awesome. System, of a, System of a Down was good. Oh, that was, la- oh that was last God. week. That was pretty cool, yeah. So many good ones. Yeah. Uh, this one, cent. we're doing Saturday Night Fever. This is the soundtrack from the movie that came out in 1977 starring John Travolta. Let's go ahead and drop the needle on the record and get into this episode, taking you back to the 70s 
In the disco days. Let me hear that needle tom cat. <laughs> tom. There it is. The, the platform shoes and the, <laughs> the light up dance floors. Polyester suits. Oh. First I, song out the gate, man. Look at that. What am I going to do? I'm going to strut. The Bee Gees yeah, were the strut, shit, TK. bro. The Bee Gees were everything in the 70s. Weren't they? Market. Yes, yes sir. of course they were. Kids, uh, my, I, even when my kids were younger, they loved this song. Oh, for real? All generations seem to be able to vibe to this. Oh, and, yeah. And as us all being DJs, you know this song is about, I think, 105, 106 BPM. And it is a great record to throw in for any audience, young and old. Yep. People will dance to this. You know? Remember when Wyclef remade it? Oh, with uh, John Forte yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, Proz? Yeah. Dog, so good. There was an Ultimix of this song, too, that you could play that had, like, an MC on it that kind of gave it a little bit of a hip-hop flavor that was, get raw with the people on the dance floor. Yeah, hit it. And it had a bunch of little cuts and uh, scratches mm-hmm. in it, and it was a nice one to play. Staying Alive, good yeah. record. A lot of good things happened in the 70s. This album being one. Raymo, I know what you're thinking, or what yeah. are you thinking <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yep. You just had to look in your like. You there was a lot, say, a lot of good stuff in the seventies. Yeah, early eighties, but definitely seventies. Uh, I heard a lot of good stories about you know picking up a lid for twenty five bucks. Yeah, what's a lid? A lid is probably about two ounces of marijuana. <laughs> they called it a lid. <laughs> well, lid. well, it's basically, and this is the reason why they would fill a sandwich baggie. Full of weed, mm-hmm. and then f- until you could just flip the lid, and that's why they called it a lid. My dad would tell me that back in the seventies, they would charge you by how many fingers the bag was. If it was one finger, it was ten dollars. If it was a two finger bag, it was twenty. Three finger bag, four finger bag, you know, sure. forty bucks. How many fingers deep are you in in the bag in the seventies? In the movie Saturday Night Fever, I noticed that noticed the you know, taking pills. Although John Travolta's uh, his character didn't seem to want to do the drugs. They were into speed, too, back then. I, I, in the movie, they're trying to pass speed around at right. the nightclub. Do you guys know the name of the nightclub from the movie? I do not. Anybody on oh, the panel? No. no. I know what, what I'm thinking it is, but I know it's not. Oh, wait, it's wait Studio 54? No. no That's it what wasn't. I was thinking. It was a Studio 54. But it's a movie named out there, right? 54? Yeah. Yep. This, yep. this place was called... Um, Odyssey, Two, Odyssey. The, the 2001 yeah. Odyssey, Odyssey Disco. Oh, that's okay. it. So that's yes. where that whole. Duh. And now there's a strip club in Tampa, in the Tampa area, called 2001 yeah, Odyssey. Odyssey. Yep. I'll check a wow wow. There was actually a, a club in everybody take a shot, Gary, Indiana. Oh, called, at, in the 70s, called 2001 Odyssey. You you hear how this kind of sounds like a heartbeat? Well, it's it's saying here in Song Facts, the BGs were well aware that they were creating the heart thumping rhythm. When they made it, and they said when they thought when they when they were writing it, they should emulate the human heart. Rob Rob Gibb explained, and then they got Blue Weaver, who was the keyboard player at the time, to lie on the floor, put electrodes on his heart, and put it through the control room. Then they got the drummer to play the heartbeat. They say they're the first people in the world to do a drum loop based on that. Was he doing coke or something? No, well, it would have. It would have <laughs> been a lot faster. This is a really faster. fast song. No, no, my heart's this is about, pretty fast. This song is this a 106 beat beats per minute. What's the what's the average yeah. your average heartbeat? Isn't it about 90, like 90? 85, yeah. 90. Okay, yeah. so, uh, so this is like 
three one oh five. Okay, so then he was like, so he was getting he was okay, so he did then. one bump so far. So, so maybe, or maybe, <laughs> or maybe he, was getting, he uh, just took his barbiturate. The amphetamine, the uh, amphetamine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or maybe he was getting a lap dance. That too. He could have been getting a lap dance. That too. <laughs> nice factoid there, Tomcat. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, it that says cool. here. Oh, Tk today. There you go. You should do a beat off your heartbeat. Oh, it'd be a lot slower, I'm sure, <laughs> or non-existent. <laughs> Yeah, mine would be irregular. This uh, this song won a uh, Grammy Award for Best Arrangement for Voices. Saying he. Well. What? They were the. Uh, how do I put this? They just had their own sound to me. Like, when you saw them and you listened to their music. You didn't expect it to have so much soul. soul. It, which is, it, it's funny you say that because I was going to say. And they until, did. Until I was like maybe 11, I always thought the, Ble- the Bee Gees were black. Me too. I always thought they were black. And I like, didn't want to say that because it might be offensive for I'm me like, to say that. holy but shit. Yeah, yes. But I'm like, they got serious soul. But then you look like Michael McDonald, John B. Robin Thicke, these other white Is this white my guys? joint right here? It this is be. How Deep is. is Your Love. Oh, this oh shit. Back-to-back love. Bee Gees records. This record actually starts with four Bee Gees records. You will hear from other artists like Cool and the Gang, Casey and the Sunshine Band, and of course, The Tramps. Can we listen to it for a while? How Deep is Your Love. My arms again. Oh, Ramo's going Dude, back this in his feelings. Dude, this is one of the most beautiful slow jams ever. Like, oh, yeah, definitely, if not top three, top five ballad ever. It's lucky. Okay, that's, that's saying a lot, man. How deep is your love? So, let me ask you this, Ramo, because this obviously has a personal connection to you. Did you have, like, your first wet dream to this song? No, not at all. Nothing like that. I just, I always loved it. And I, I was think, to a cheeseburger. Uh, the way, the way, <laughs> when they put it in the movie, the way that uh-huh. they had it set up, like, it really, like, kind of. It, 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 it worked. It, it, it meshed because yeah. it was, it was kind of like when Tony, or that was John Travolta, mm-hmm. when Tony was finding out that him and the girl that they were, like, Won the contest and all that Like mm-hmm. It wasn't gonna be What they thought it was This song was a massive and hit was In the like US Something they wanted it to be But it right. wasn't You know what I'm saying I got like, you. It's just this heaven The song sat at Number one for three weeks Yes Stayed in the top ten For 17 weeks Beautiful In the US Nice I have a clip here From uh, Barry Gibb And the Gibb brothers Talking about uh, How they incorporated The music into the movie Actually there's some dance scenes in the movie where John Travolta is dancing to a different song and at the time when they're filming it. But what we see is him dancing to the Bee Gees. And here is a here's a clip here from the Bee Gees and them talking about arranging the music for the movie. We were mixing a live album in France and Robert called and said Stigwood. Stigwood. Robert Stigwood called and said that he'd seen an article in the New York Times called Tribal Rights of a Saturday Night written by Nick Cohen and he wanted to turn it into a movie and, 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 and was turning a dual film at that time with John Travolta. But, but they, hadn't, they hadn't had the music at that point and wanted to know if we could take time out from mixing a live album and sit down and write some songs. We said, well, we can't do that because we're writing our new album. We've written five songs already, but you can listen to those if you want. We've written Stayin' Alive, Night Fever, How Deep Is Your Love, If I Can't Have You, and More Than a Woman. 
So we've got those written. So all those were written yes, without done. Saturday night yeah. in yeah. mind. Okay. Yeah. So we asked him, if you're going to fly in, have a listen and bring in the, some of the other people involved in the film and listen to it and see if these would work. So they came in and they liked the music and mm. took it back. And, they made, and we didn't see the film for another six months after that when it came out. Nice. This album is 16 times platinum. Yeah. So that's diamond plus six. Well, until Thriller came out, Prior to Michael Jackson's Thriller, that I came out, it came out in 1983, I believe. Yep. This came out in '77. So for six years, Saturday Night Fever was the best-selling album in music history, until Thriller knocked it off. That's yes. crazy. I, in my research, I also found out I was thinking that this song catapulted disco in into like it brought it, it introduced the world to disco. But I guess. Disco was kind of starting to fade a little bit. Yeah, by the time the movie came out. When the movie came out, disco had already been out for five, years. five six years. Yeah. Until they, that one radio guy in Chicago. Oh, yeah, Steve Dahl. Yeah. At, what, <laughs> Comiskey was it at Park. Comiskey? Comiskey Park. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they the old White Sox park. Yeah. On the south side. No well, they less. all threw, it was like a bunch of, well, they said it was all disco records, but everybody was throwing records. records. Yeah. Like was, the day they, disco died in Chicago or something like that. But you know what was born oh. right after that? House music. Yep. House music came right after. In Chicago. Well, house music. In Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Frankie Knuckles. It was pretty much disco with person, his own personal beats made to it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that DJ Steve Dahl, I remember him because I'm from Chicago and I used to listen to him and he still does a podcast. Go check him out, Steve Dahl. I follow him. But on the night of July 12th, 1979, two years you know, after this movie came out, he had a dumpster and he told everybody, bring your disco records tonight to Comiskey and we're going to have a demolition, disco demolition night, he called it. And everyone brought their records and they started throwing them on the field and they were throwing them in the dumpster and exploding them to the point where people got so fired up. And like Memphis said, they started like rioting. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. There's footage of it. Yeah. It got wild at the Comiskey where the White Sox play (laughs) on the south side. And they say that was the night that the disco died. Can't take White Sox fans nowhere. Nowhere. This episode of Dem Vinyl Boys is being brought to you by Prize Picks. Man, the NFL playoffs heating up. And right now I'm on my Prize Pick app and I'm trying to make some decisions, Memphis. What do you think? We're talking Christian McCaffrey. Will he have more or less 90 and a half rushing yards against Green Bay this weekend? I think he will because uh, San Francisco is looking crazy. And congrats to the Packers, but yeah. I think he's going to do it. One of the most exciting new quarterbacks in the league, C.J. Stroud, amazing what he was able to do against the Cleveland Browns, but now he's going to face a staunch defense in Baltimore. Do you think he'll have more or less than 245 and a half passing yards this weekend? I think he will because they're going to play from behind a lot, so I think he'll go over on that. So more and more. How about? Yeah, so I'd say more. How about Baker Mayfield? That's kind of a surprise this year that Tampa Bay is Look playing as well. A big matchup with Detroit this weekend. Baker Mayfield, more or less than 245 and a half passing yards. Uh, I think he's going to have less because I think I, I just really think that Detroit defense is going to shut him down. Like They're going to just take him out. And you see how easy it is, just more or less. You can also uh, do a combination if you want to do a basketball game and a football game, like a LeBron James in basketball, Travis Kelsey in football. And they have a reboot policy. So if one of your entries uh, gets hurt, you can immediately reboot them and you get a chance uh, to replay. If That's you, really cool. If you want to check it out, go to prizepicks.com slash vinyl. 
Use our code VINYL for the first deposit. They'll match you up to 100 bucks. Just go to prizepicks.com slash VINYL. Use our code VINYL. For that first deposit, they're going to match you $100. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. This is one of my favorite BG <laughs> records. I like night, this Night Fever. is yes. one of my favorite ones. Yeah. This is really Chill. Yeah, now, no. Do you yeah, think, yeah, no, this is a cool song. Do you think it's people who listen to disco that participated in that or just people who hated disco? I think, I think people were getting everybody. tired of it. You know, fads come and go. So it was people that were listening to it, but they were sick of it. You know, it was funny. I was watching uh, this documentary on Frankie Knuckles and the birth of house music and whatnot because at the same time, a little bit after you had techno was starting in Detroit, and then you had the whole disco scene in New York. Right. And so they were talking about this and and um uh shit, I lost, I lost my train of thought. It'll come back to me. So let's keep going. Well, do you guys do you guys me. know the name of the DJ that was DJing in the movie? You know his DJ name? Um Ramo. I saw this, yes, I forgot. Oh. Ramo, no, that was his name, Ramo. Yeah, it was DJ Ramo. No, kinda <laughs> looked like you a little bit. <laughs> no, he, he had an afro, dude. You didn't have an afro when you he was did. I'm thinking of you but in the seventies though. But it was, was like a it was like a uh why do for a while? Uh, he wasn't. His he wasn't name was like DJ Monty. DJ Monty, Monty. Rock the Third. DJ Monty Rock the Third. And I watched the movie last night. I noticed he was playing a lot of forty fives. Mm-hmm. So I didn't see a ton of uh, LPs that he was grabbing. It seemed like mostly forty fives. And he would also MC the dance contest. The other thing I could uh, feel during the movie is the cheese. Like disco was super cheesy. Super. Those platform shoes. I couldn't imagine a real man ever wanting to wear those shoes. Oh, they did. Oh, they did. With, Proudly. Such, with such confidence. Proudly. Oh, this is my thought. This is my Have thought. Have you ever seen Superfly? <laughs> yeah, a lot of pimps wore that back in the day. <laughs> no, my thought was so I was watching that house, the house uh, documentary with Frankie Knuckles. Yes. And they were talking about how disco was going, was basically fading out. Then what happened in Kaminsky. Mm-hmm. And they were showing like different clips like. Um, Disco commercials and TV shows where they had some disco duck and people like, what the fuck? You know, kind of how like hip hop started, but where hip hop is now, it's kind of like, what the fuck? It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's like all over the place. Yeah, it was it was super commercially yeah, yeah. like it was starting to become very mainstreamy. Mm-hmm. People weren't really. It was almost like trying to get club music to go mainstream. Obviously right. now. Dance music now has a much bigger audience, but back in then in America, like they were already trying to fight hip hop. Like you were going disco into, or, or you know, yeah, disco was out. You were getting funk, a lot of soul. Yeah, you had uh, a lot of different rock was coming around at the time. It's true, it's true. So, yeah, a know, lot of variety was definitely changing. Yeah. But funny thing about disco now today, disco is back. 
but a lot of new disco that's the genre now new disco right and you can get away with playing like disco some house. of it yeah a lot of that yeah. which is actually really cool because now it makes me appreciate more of the disco from the 70s sure. and stuff like sure. that yeah, so, it's, 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 yeah. it's really like disco vibes with like right. a slightly more house beat to it a slightly more consistent four count in the mm-hmm. like off scheduled you know bait. Like, right you see this was like boom get yeah, and it's more like a drum set, whereas like you know, new disco or disco house is more electronic drum. Exactly, a little more yeah. heavier. Right, bass. right, right, right. Well, you let know, me ask the, you guys this. Let me ask you, you guys this. So, did technically did disco really die? I don't think it did. Yeah. Because it also you got to think too is after, you know, um, disco was kind of fading out. Mm-hmm. Not only was there house music, but you got to think. It was huge in the Latin community, freestyle music. That's right. Heartthrob, that's, that's which right. was very Absolutely. disco-esque. It's just faster. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was more of a breakbeat type yep. of drumline. And I love freestyle music, beat. man. Freestyle yeah. is so oh, fucking that's dope, my, man. You know I know that's, that's your jam. Oh, I know that's your jam. Let's, we can talk about that all day. Yeah, we should do a freestyle album. We, I was, I'm like, trying to get a Stevie B one, but that's really hard to do. Yeah, it's a tough They're not one. available. Ah, yes, the era of natural boobs and hairy hoo-hahs. Yes. I love the it. The 70s. <laughs> I'm good with it. I love it. Bounce a wow. And good what? cocaine. I've never done cocaine, but I'm pretty sure, I don't want to steal your line, but cocaine was very good back then. It was late '70s, early '80s. It was probably like the best. Five doing coke, Ramo. No, but I had a lot of aunts and uncles that partake, and they tell me stories. They like, drop you know, it how much tables. better it was. <laughs> drop it in his so bowl. Great. Thanks. Put in his water in his little milk bottle. And that's why I learned the whole lid thing from too. Like I was never old enough to buy a lid. Sleep. Well, when, I, when I was buying weed, it was like they, half ounce, fifty bucks. I guess like, when like, you it guys was a were using thing, juice like, lids, he was buying Gentry's coke dad. lids. No, kind of like like Ramo, because like I didn't do coke a lot. like when Ramo so back when he was a little dude, he was around his older uncles and cousins, and, yeah. and I'm similar to me. Like my older uncles, my older cousins were in the same shit, born in the same time, uh-huh. and so everything like the shit you say in certain words, I'm like, oh, so that's what okay, I that's get, what I yeah, get, yeah yeah you I can see it. your older you know. Yeah. Uncles and shit. And you're my older cousins, cousins who are the, yeah. the coolest cats in the world to me, even to this day, even though they crazy as hell. But yeah. I got a lot of my cool from I'm sure all my, of them. I'm you sure know? my cousins say a lot of that about me. I'm sure. Some oh, good, man. some bad. You guys mm-hmm. can never get them dudes on a line and I'm talk sure about the Bee Gees don't give a shit about your guys' cousins. Okay, yeah, they so do. We're sitting here talking about the, the Bee Gees. Yeah. You guys are going down memory lane over here. Of course the Bee Gees, though, because they bought the damn record. So you damn right they care about our cousins and uncles and aunts. Because without them, they, they ain't getting all those records sold. Well, and I think the reason that we kind of went down that road is because this music influenced that. Like, I can't tell you how many family parties I went to where this particular album was playing from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Just because all this song right here, amazing. This is um, If I Can't Have You yeah. with uh, Yvonne Ailman. Yeah. I, I know I've mispronounced her last name. I guess John Travolta didn't even really like disco music. And I heard this clip here of him talking about how he trained really hard to dance and get ready for the movie. And uh, he kind of sounds a little feminine, uh, but when you watch the movie, he plays that tough guy, Tony, you know, from Brooklyn. Right. But when you hear, listen to John Travolta talking about how he trained for the movie. The training for this film started five months before the film. And uh, 
went on through to to the the, the, the start of the, the shoot date where I danced three hours a day and, and uh, ran two miles a day to keep in shape and worked out a half an hour on top of that but that all added up to the product you saw on the screen but basically it's a feel for dancing that I have in love he sounds very young, I will say yeah, that as well. Who are you, boo-hoo, had to do all this to get ready for this film? He Shut might. Up, he he kind of sounds like he's crooning to uh, like a hot reporter or something a little bit. Maybe. He, he, it's just when, and then when you hear him from the, the movie, he's that tough guy, Tony, with the real thick New York accent. Yeah. And like, I'll kick yeah. your ass, and he gets into fights. And when you hear him preparing for the, the film, he's he more, sounds like a little thespian. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, he, yeah, that, and, sure, that's and, what he is. That's, what he is. that's totally what he is. Shows how great of an actor he is. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Have you seen like some of his other movies? Well, now, when he got older. Yeah. Oh, face man. Swordfish is Face off, yeah. That. Uh, what about Welcome Back, Cotter? Because at this point, yeah, when, Vinny when this movie came out, he was the really only known actor in the entire cast. They they only spent like two point five million dollars on this movie. Ended That's up it. making like two hundred and fifty million at the box office. Somebody smart. And at the time when the movie came out, nobody thought it was going to be much of anything. You know, small film. It's got one guy that has a sitcom on television where he's one of the bigger stars everybody else was mostly broadway actors or off-broadway actors not known actors i don't know man if you can sit here and tell me that america didn't know juan epstein in washington you're crazy and how about the other little kid the little weird guy they didn't know what these was people. his name until after this movie <laughs> then everybody knew who they were yeah well you know i'll tell you one thing that was back in the Flipping day when first uh, record. people Flipping actually went to the movie theater. This there was no Netflix and chill. No, you took a girl true. to the movies. Yeah, you went to the and movies, it, it, and pretty much it was. This was it was an ordeal. Yeah, and usually, it was an event. You something happened usually good for you after the movie. You or know. maybe during the movie. Yeah, sometimes during the movie, yeah. If you're out there with that one congresswoman over there. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren Bober. <laughs> All right. No need to get political here. Boing. A lot of people but said yes. that the good thing that this album did at the time was there were a lot of movies that were being made about the old days. You were either making old movies or you were making new movies that you that were futuristic. But what this movie was was the actual time of what was going on. Right. In the club, in the style, in the music. And rather than making a movie about yesterday or making a movie about tomorrow, they made a movie about today. And I guess it, it took off, obviously. Big movie. I have a clip here. This is from uh, the Bee Gees talking about they were surprised by the success of the movie. And they listened to all the songs. They, 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 they loved them, but they thought Staying Alive maybe should be changed to Saturday Night. And we fought on that one. I said, no, it should be, it should be uh, Staying Alive. There are too many songs called Saturday Night. And Staying Alive, we thought, was a more original title. And then we thought that the film should be called Night Beaver and suggested that Saturday, because it was about the, tr the trouble of a Saturday night, puts Saturday at the beginning of Saturday Night Fever. There was a lot of people at the time thinking that, that sounded like a porn film. But, but nobody knew what we had, uh, least of all Paramount or anyone else. It was a low-budget film, and nobody had any idea that this was going to be a successful Maybe a, a, a cult film at best, and that it would be under the radar, but it would be a good film with some good, with good, good, uh, good music to it. Uh, so we gave them the music, we finished the music, and, and um, mixed it, and... We knew nothing about the film for another six months when it premiered in December at the Chinese Theater in Los Angeles. Nice. Wow. It's something he said that was key. When he, he said, like, 
that most they thought would be like a cult following and they would have good music to a movie. That part, I don't know if anybody caught soundtracks and how good soundtracks are. I wish this is a soundtrack. Mm-hmm. But think about back in the day, it, you know, how you had a movie, even if it was a low-budget film, but the soundtrack was crazy. Yeah. This is our first soundtrack we've done this on is Dim Vinyl Collection. I have yeah. a lot of them uh, in my vinyl collection. But this is the first time we decided to do a soundtrack, and this is one of the top soundtracks of all time. Mm-hmm. I know that The Bodyguard has beaten this one. Can we look that up? Let's see. What is the most... I think it's Bodyguard is going to be my guest that has sold the most copies. But look up a list. Ramo and Memphis, if you can. That way we have two sources. And see who has the highest grossing, biggest selling soundtrack of all time. And when you, when you watch... Go ahead, Tomcat. I was going to say this instrumental right here is, is awesome. It's an adaptation of Beethoven's Fifth Sym- Symphony. I found it. And since it's uh, in the public domain, it's free. it was free to use for them to do this remix, kind of. Oh, yeah, because it had been so long since the song came out. Right? Yeah. Definitely. This is It was a great idea. I wonder if this that's the first time something like that had ever been done. They were breaking uh, barriers with their heartbeat diodes on that cokehead's chest. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so here's, here's Amphetamines. What I here's what I found out. The high-selling uh, movie soundtracks of all time. Okay. We're going to start from the bottom and work our way up. How many do you have? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, ten. Okay, that's good. Go ahead. So we're going to start number ten, the Titanic, followed by Forrest Gump. That's a good one. I like Forrest Gump. Well, if you like Forrest Gump, then you're going to love Purple Rain. That's a good one. Then comes Saturday Night Fever. And what number? What number uh, is that? So let's just see. One, two, one, two three, four, five. So number five. Okay. I actually know it's the top nine, so it's nine. Sorry, I miscounted by one. Four. Okay. So, so, number four. So we got The Lion King's next. Wow. Yeah. Weird. Who would I thought? There were some great songs in that. Yeah. I want to be a king or whatever. You got Dirty Dancing. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Pulp Fiction. Another John Travolta movie. And The Bodyguard is number one. My Body, list is different. Unless I got. What you got? According to Mental Floss, starting at number 10, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I never liked that, that, that movie. It that was had weird. one good song on it. Uh, number nine, Top Gun. Oh, man. How can you? Yeah, number seven, The Lion King. Six, Titanic. Uh, five, uh, Dirty Dancing. <laughs> Patrick Swayze. Uh, Forrest Gump's number four. Purple Rain's number three. Number two is Saturday Night Fever. And of course, number one, The Bodyguard. So, so this they, is they number both, two. They both consistently say, though, that Bodyguard is number one. Yeah, they do. But conflicting reports on who may have sold more records Although than everywhere the other. Everywhere right. So this is a, to me, is this the same version? This isn't the same version, obviously, but the same song. Because on side one, we heard More Than a Woman performed by the Bee Gees. Now we're hearing More Than a Woman performed perform by Tavares. Yeah, no, so it's they a have, they have the same. It's a completely different song, but with the same title. I feel like they're the same song. It's well, we know who sang it better. Somebody else. 
<laughs> we know who's singing. I give it better. to the Bee Gees. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, and this is same, Tavares. Same, yeah, this is Tavares's version. All right. Yeah. Think have you yeah, have you guys ever heard their band? They got a pretty cool album, Tavares. Do they? Yeah, they were a disco. I'm about to band. check them out. But think about this: these four bros. But they had to sing that that song though. It's like y'all could have sang something. I would rather y'all sing something. Be- uh, it's kind of odd that they have two versions of this song on there. They had more than a woman already by the Bee Gees, and this one is by the Tavares. Well, it could be when you're scoring a film, you had one scene where it's like, let's play this version of the song, oh. and then in uh, another scene, sense. we're gonna play yeah. another it's, version. It's like a yeah. reprise. It's the same well, song, but well, it's and a you also scene, have yeah, to remember, you have to remember too. This movie was not only shot in New York City in Brooklyn, but d- Brooklyn, but New York or disco pretty much kind of probably kicked off in New York. I would imagine New York and Philadelphia is where disco music uh, launched. And some people criticized the movie because the cultures that were in to the disco music mm-hmm. that started yeah. the disco music was the gay community, the black community, and the Latino community. Well, and that, that was but then f- they made a movie about Italian white dudes from Brooklyn. Uh, so there were they, some critics. They always stealing that shit. Yeah. Well, and that's the point that I was going to get with, and probably the reason they put Tavares's uh, uh, a version sense. on there is because they were a huge disco band in the latino community and new york city has a tremendous puerto rican dominican like they have a huge well, they got a community, big black so, community and black and as well so you know gay. what i'm saying so you can't exclude the yeah, other two yeah, well, yeah yeah 100 you you so, include everybody well no but i'm saying to, no but tavares i believe is uh they're, they're black guys are they black they're four black dudes. well i want to you look sure? it up i thought they were Spanish. I, I'm, I'm looking at it right now well if you watch the movie it's very controversial stuff especially for on film in the 1970s. And it was an R-rated film, which it wasn't as easy as YouTube now to just have young teenagers be able to watch whatever they want or streaming services. You had to, like Memphis said earlier, you had to go to the theater. And this was an R-rated movie. And mostly the younger crowd was the ones consuming the disco because it was what was hip and cool. And the topics of the movie, there are rape scenes in the movie Saturday Night Fever. There is uh, suicide in the movie where the one kid jumps off the bridge. Thanks. There's lots of violence where there's fighting and stuff going on. There's racial slurs, especially towards Spanish people. I watched the movie last night, and there's there's a lot of... Because uh, the Spanish dude uh, ends up having a dance-off with uh, John Travolta. I don't want to use the word he called him, because I don't think you could say that word anymore. Yeah, probably not say a good it. idea. Don't it's, do it. Yeah. Don't do it. It rhymes with Bic. Don't do it. Uh, the Bic lighter. <laughs> Prick? Nope. Yep, we're going to move on from that. Let's keep going. And also, there was the F, <laughs> the F word that you can't really say anymore that people said very frequently in the 70s. Fart? I was about to say, what F word? I'm like, oh, that word. It, rhy- yeah. it rhymes with bag. Freak. Yeah, yeah. we're going to move on from that one, too. Let's go. So this movie, Suicide, it's got uh, rape scenes. It's got racial slurs. And it's got the Italians. Hey, yo, I'll kick your fucking ass, you fucking moron. And uh, they Yeah, the, the fucking Italians were going at it in this movie, too. And they were doing barbiturates. They were eating pills. They were drinking and they were dancing. So I could see the lure of the movie in the 1970s. But the acting, to me, was subpar. But anytime I watch an old movie nowadays, I feel like, ah, these guys are a little cheesy. 
And the outfits I thought were a little cheesy, but I love that dance floor with the LED or the yeah. they weren't LED back in those days. They were just lights. I read it was like fifteen thousand dollar setup they had. <laughs> and for the nineteen seventies, fifteen grand was big money. Yeah. There for used, a dance floor. There used to be a restaurant. It was a Mexican restaurant that had a club in the basement, like mm-hmm. downstairs mm-hmm. in Chicago. I believe it was called the Casablanca. They had a dance floor like that uh, in the word. club downstairs. <laughs> yes. I wonder was that that the same dance floor? They oh, like, if we can get God, that dude. dance floor, we put it in the was, club. My my uncle Henry had uh I believe it was his first daughter's baptism like after party, like you in know, the after club? the church thing. At, well after the church thing, yeah, they did the like the dinner, the family yeah. thing there in that club. Oh, that's dope. And they had the DJ going and he had uh yeah, it was it was It's kind of weird that you know fun. like the night before people were probably doing all kind of drugs and then yeah, maybe had- <laughs> my uncle and his wife were probably in there doing drugs and everybody talking to them. Hey man, listen man, I got this baptism yeah. thing and everything for my daughter. Can we just have a dinner? Yeah, come on down here. Come we'll, we'll clean it up and everything. We have everything clean. Great food. Down. Great food. Amazing. They, food. they usually are. Yeah. They usually are. Crazy. This song we're hearing right now reminds me of like the Love Boat theme or something. I yes. think it was called That was Manhattan Boat. Skyline by uh-huh. David Shire. Do you know the words to the Love Boat? The say- Love Boat. Da, 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 da. Yeah, I don't know the words. That's all I know. <laughs> Calypso this, Breakdown. This is nice. Yeah, this is uh performed by Ralph McDonald and written by William Eaton. Long song, 7 minutes and 51 seconds. The Calypso Breakdown. You could get away with it back then. Probably a good song yeah. to play around Mardi Gras here. This yeah. was probably this was probably on a uh, on a B side. This is a B sound like a B side record. Sure. Speaking I, of which, I, like I don't want to bring it up going. again, but we might, we should do the B sides. The B sides. Something B-side. in the works where we're going to be playing B sides of forty fives. Yeah. Like DJ Monty in the movie Saturday Night Fever. But we'll only be playing the B sides. The B sides. Only the B sides. I got a clip from the BGs here and them talking about how relevant this style of music, the disco movement, was for its time. See, for the first time, along came an album and a film that related to today. I mean, for so many years, people have been making films about yesterday and the, and the future. And, uh, you know, people are not interested in the music of yesterday, not the young people of today. And this is the first time they've seen a film about today and they can see themselves in the film. It's true. It's for the time. Well, and you got to think, too, back then, like, being on radio, you were almost like an untouchable celebrity locally. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. so actors, that was almost untouchable back then. Like, you had to be really something special to be in a movie or on a movie. And to have a movie represent you at that time, it wasn't likely. You know what I'm saying? Westerns were big back then. And, you know, just shit like that. So, I would imagine the people that were really into disco music really look forward to seeing this just because it was like one of the first, like, culture movies in America. That makes sense. Makes sense to me. One thing I noticed watching the movie is, to me, I saw some line dancing. Like, at, there was times in the movie where they were all... Doing like you Dancing would see together. at the country bar sure. where they're doing like a line dance. Uh-huh. Or, you know, some of the line dances that have been popular over the years. It got me thinking, like, think of all the generations, different um, group dances where you had the electric slide that was big. 
You had the Cupid Shuffle that still to this day you can play that and people do their little to the right, mm-hmm. to the right. The Cha-Cha Slide. Way back in the day they would do the Waltz. and The know, Hustle. The Hustle is another one. Yeah. What is what's some Square other ones dancing. you can think? Square Dancing is another one. But was that that was group, I guess, because it's yeah. It, you swing it's, your partner around and around. I mean, the you're, twist. You're passing on the twist was like yeah. The twist. Yeah, yeah so that was a good one. The twist. Yeah. Rufus Thomas would have you doing the itch and scratch. If you know who Rufus Thomas is, I don't. Look him up. What about swag surfing? They do that too. That's that's more today. Well, but, and you got to I mean, think it's still too. Fun. Even look back to like the Native American tribes. Like yep. they have the ceremonies and things where mm-hmm. out dancing all together and doing their you know their thing together. So I'm sure it goes back way back in our history, as far as you know we can yeah, remember. African, African tribes. Sure. Yep. You know. But I like this groove though. Yeah, I love that they always implemented like the congas mm-hmm. and. Cowbell. Gotta have more cowbell. More cowbell! <laughs> now that I think about that joke, now it makes me. <laughs> it makes me more yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I gotta like, have like, more cowbell. Like, I get it. That's a great Saturday Night Live yes, scene. Yes, it is. I have a little nugget here for you that this show or movie, in the beginning, they said it was always based off of a true story. About an article that was written in 1976 in New York Magazine, written by this guy Nick Cohen, and the title of the article was Tribal Rights of the New Saturday Night. And he wrote about a guy who was then, you know, Tony in the in the real movie, and people said, oh, it was based on a true story, but then later Cohen ended up saying that he really just made it up, <laughs> and that he really didn't even, wasn't a part of the disco era or living the disco lifestyle was just more of like a fantasy piece that he wrote so he's a fraud of what he thought it would be and this guy cone who wrote for the new york magazine and wrote this article that inspired the movie was indicted on drug trafficking charges and conspiracy charges for importing four million dollars worth of heroin so just a little nugget on it on the movie that it was based off of a 1976 article in new york magazine written by this guy nick cohen who at the time said that it was a true story, became a total fabrication later on in, in the in life where he admitted it. He right. said that his story was a fraud later in life and got indicted six years after the movie came out on drug charges. Just a little nugget for you to know. Yeah, it was fabricated all right. I don't buy it. A lot of the Hollywood stories, though, are, you know, there, there's a little twist to it. Any movie you watch, it's based on a true story. You can guarantee that's why they throw the based. It's the right. baseline is about a, a, a true story. But yeah, this the word one, the at the beginning was true, and then the rest of it is <laughs> yeah. <a> story. <laughs> but hey, that's what Hollywood does. You don't want to watch a boring movie, you know? Well, I would imagine that if he was not into it, perhaps You mean he, Vin Diesel he, didn't he, fly backwards out of that convertible when he was off, <laughs> coming off of that bridge? He had, like, a maybe plane? a friend or a cousin or somebody who he's seen doing weird stuff and hearing and, stories yeah. about stuff like this mm-hmm. going on, and he probably came up with this fabricated story of a particular guy growing up in New York City during this time. Well, I give him, he had a hell of an imagination. Yeah, sure. You know, to be well, like, to, to picture that and be like, I think 
it's this is what it is. And you'd have yeah. to say the casting of the movie itself yeah. was top notch. John Travolta playing uh, Tony, you couldn't have had a better. He was perfect for that part. Oh, he was born to play it. He was. Yeah. And born it, to strut. His dance moves and those pants. I can still see it from <laughs> the movie now. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? what? Easy, guys. What? He ain't fitting in those pants no more. But he no. did do the, this great uh, Capital One commercial over the holidays. Oh, I'm sure I you guys saw it. I didn't yeah. see it. Where it was he was Santa, Santa Claus. Yeah. Santa yeah. Claus. And it was awesome, and it was all a take on this old Saturday Night Live character, but he was Santa now, and he was just uh, throwing magic around, and then at the end, he goes out on the dance floor. And does, Same dance floor. What's in your wallet signature? I'm like, did he, did he tell somebody, don't touch my head? Well, he, well, he was kind of fat and had the long hair and a beard and, you know, looking like Santa Claus. But, yeah, that's a good one, TK. I was great. The commercial is really good. I got to see it. I haven't seen it. Christmas is over, Ramo. I know. Maybe next year. Santa's back in the North Pole, banging your mom. (laughs) That was seven minutes (laughs) and 51 seconds of awesome. Could you imagine having to dance to that? You'd have to be on cocaine. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You just want to do cocaine. I mean, try to lie. Hey, you know what? And look. We're going to the third side, second record here. Unless you dancing with some nice little thing thing, and Just she all up on you, then she might be on cocaine. So you'd like I'm they got, that covers epic. Yeah, as this, well. this covers and epic, and they got a huh. lot of great uh, pictures inside. Our, our work on inside. The inside. Well, it's two sleeves, right? Yep. Yep. So that that's got a whole open up inside. All right. All right. This episode is being brought to you by Factor. You can get started on your resolutions this year in 2024 and get ready. For actually meeting your resolution, get those ready-to-eat meal delivery right to your house. It takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year. If you want to save 50% and not have to go to the grocery store, just head to factormeals.com slash DVB50 and use our code DVB50. Get that 50 off, baby. Yeah, yeah man. Delicious. So, do you know what this is right here? This That's, is a... Uh, have you ever heard of Night? It's like, it's Night on Witch Mountain, and it's a classical piece, just like the Beethoven's symphony Aww. they took. Oh, for real. And have you ever seen it? It's a cartoon where all these yeah. s- skeletons go up around this mountain, and then at the top, there's a giant, like, devil at the very top. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a very famous, famous Disney cartoon, I think, set to this mu- the original music, but this is a, an interpretation on that called Night on Disco Mountain. Uh, Not Witch Mountain. Right. Yeah. Oh, because I'm like, this sounds awful familiar, but now. Uh, you've heard it. Yeah, I'm like, all right, right on dun, that. That makes sense. This makes sense. This was a, this was almost like the first style of music that remixed other music. Yeah. yeah. That's blowing me away. Nice. This is hard, man. I like this. Night on That's the record. I didn't do it. Tom Cat. The record. Hey, sometimes you you a slave to the needle. I'm reading sure. here another nugget here. John Travolta is claiming that he was inspired by a name we all know, and that is 
who he was thinking about when he was doing all these dance moves. And mm-hmm. I never knew Michael, this. The, nope. I no, bet that you have been way can too we early. guess? Go ahead, guess. James Brown. Nope. The Fonz. Nope, but that's oh. a good guess. It would be a good guess because that's what I thought. Both of them, like either James Brown or Fonz. Yeah. All right, well, it was Robert De Niro. Okay. Oh, that's crazy. It says oh, that yes. De Niro at one point in his career learned how to play the saxophone for a year. He learned how to become a boxer. Mm-hmm. And that was the feeling in the air. If you wanted to take your craft seriously, it was beyond just the standard fare. That's a quote from Travolta. He said, you really have to become the best at the thing that you're supposed to do. He explained in an interview. That's why he took nine months of his life and every day he danced to become what he thought was a great local disco dancing star. I'm you pretty sure it was in him. what you repeatedly do. Yes, you are. Yeah. Really? Don't tell me that. Oh, no. You're a masturbator. Yeah. <laughs> Big time. So if you're going to take on a role, you got to really take on the role. Repetition, baby. All right. Well, give me a minute. I'll be right back. No. Are you going to butter that roll? <laughs> <Repeat>. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Time to make the donuts. <laughs> Again. Da, na, na, na. This reminds me of Shaft, the theme for Shaft. A little yeah, bit. big time, right? We should do like an, um, we should do the Shaft uh, soundtrack. That would be interesting. Because that's our funk. It is. That's our funk and soul. We haven't done that yet. I would imagine there's a little bit of porn music on there, too. Nah, that's Debbie Does Dallas. Uh, we should do that soundtrack. That soundtrack you, is probably not good. Yo, yeah. so, you know what? <laughs> so, you have to do a video listen, track. Listen. I remember porn music is the old music is being really bad. You know, I'm not, this is totally <laughs> off topic, but if you listen to Debbie Does Dallas, the song, right? Because that, that song is funky as hell. Like, if you played that song today, and put like some really cool lyrics on it or remixed it. People like, yo, that's hot. Meanwhile, it's Debbie Does Dallas. I haven't heard it for a while, so I, I I'll play it later. I can't comment. I'll play it for it later. Please don't. This no, album, <laughs> this is, this album is unreal though. Like, it, it really, you really get to look at a bunch of different artists and like where that genre was going at this point in time. The next one at. is by Cool in the Gang. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. They're, they were big. They had a couple of disco jams. Which one is it? Uh, open Sesame. Open, yeah, open Sesame. Gotta open it up. Bo- Boogie Shoes is on here, too. Yeah, right? Boogie Shoes my, my, is on my Boogie here. Shoes. And who did that? Is that KC and the Sunshine Band? Is that Cool in the Sunshine Band? Yeah, 100%. Good, good call, Gentry. You've played that at a wedding before, oh, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. disco didn't die with you. The force is still strong with this one. <laughs> I remember my I remember my dad had this album because when I would set up my dad's turntables back in the mid '80s, early '80s, you know, this was only about five years old, and I was going to my first gigs, and it was in heavy rotation. You know, especially you should be dancing. We're mm-hmm. gonna be uh, dancing. Yeah. yeah. Now. Actually, uh, yeah, that's coming up later in the album, and then Sweet. you also had Disco Inferno, which that is we yeah. heard, which is the very no, that's the very last burn, song. On baby, the burn. Oh yeah, the Disco, Disco Inferno. Inferno. Yeah. Yeah. Think about all the, the, the no wonder this damn album spent so so many records. Think about how many tracks like serious bangers are on this yeah. soundtrack. Well, how about yeah? Welcome the- to the fuck shop. I've heard that on the Two Live Crew album. Yeah, yeah we've done that. <laughs> it's true. Probably be a good sample for a drop for something yeah, that, that open sesame. Open sesame! Yeah. 
Cool in the game. This cool is in the popular game. too. This is New Jersey, baby. Jersey City represent. In the house. Robert Cool Bell. Jersey City. Spelled just like the cigarettes. Remember yeah. the cool cigarettes? Yeah, I Dude, know. Dude, they it, were the best. I it, love Cool in the game. Everybody in my neighborhood that smoked, smoked Cools, uh, Newports, or Benson and Hedges. I always wanted to play the trombone for them. I bet you did the rusty trombone. Yeah. <laughs> Would that be for Michael Ray or Kevin Bell of the band? Which one are you looking to get on their trombone? Uh, either one. <laughs> I mean, Cool in the Gang still toured to this day. I bet they come to the Seminole Casino once in a while. I think they have. Oh, you should go check that out. And I'm sure they still pull like hella old people. No, no yeah, all, yeah. Kind of old people. all the old They're chicks, totally old, old ladies people. are hanging boomers. out. And the young ones. Boomers. Yeah, all the boomers are out there. Throwing bloomers on the stage and shit. Oh, they actually, no, they, no. they're still making music. Depends. Cool and the Gang just came out with an album really? in 2023 called People Just Want to Have Fun was the name of it. No that was their shit. 26th studio album. Wow. They have released 26 albums. And they, we have not done one of them. They must be rich. Also, how about the song Celebrate Good Times? Come on. That's them. I just played that record uh, last week. It was like a retirement party for a lady oh, yeah. who had worked uh, 35 years for a company and she was retiring. And uh, she actually wanted a Sister Hazel song as she came in. But then follow it up with Cool in the Gang. Celebrate good times. Come on. Let's celebrate. So you kick the night off with We Are Family. No. Oh, no, no, that's not sis- that's, uh, that's, that's Sister Slave. That's, that's, that's Sister, sister Slave. Slave. That's one thing. But that one got played, too. Yeah. Because her sister was there as a surprise. So I threw that. I got all my sisters with me. You ever play any Joiner Sisters? No, but no. I, I'd like to get to know your sister. My sister died when she was born. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I knew that. Damn. That has nothing to do with his last comment. This is live, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this is us all the time, by the way. Alakazam, uh, you just said. Yeah, Alakazam, motherfucker. Got some magic going on here. Open sesame, right, so, Alakazam. So I got the net worths of these guys. So Barry Gibb, anybody want to guess? Net worth, Barry Gibb. Barry Gibb. $175 million. Nah, I'd say going, more like probably 67 million. I was thinking 85 Okay, Gentry wins 140 million for Holy Barry Gibb. No, he went yeah. over. How much for Maurice Gibb? Maurice? I'm going to say more like 60, 50. I'm going to go higher with him. I'll say 85. I'm going to go 100 million. Oh, right on the number. Memphis gets it right on the money. Bingo. 100 million Maurice Gibb. <laughs> How much for Robin Gibb? Robin Gibb. I'll uh, say six, my 60 number. I'll go with that one again. I'll go. Uh, Maybe 75. It sounds like they're, they're, their brothers are going to be taking care of each other. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, thinking more like 85. I'm going to go 110. I like I like that triple digit. Oh, you think he's even higher? Look, looks like Ramo and Memphis are, um, and uh, Gentry are splitting it. It's 80 million for Robin Gibb. 80. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, said I said 75. 75. You I said, said 85. No, so because you're we, right all, in the we, we all got one right. It's whoever gets it right without going over. So I think I would win that one if all we're right. going with prices right rules. Well, then you didn't win the first one. Yeah, see? Oh, Man. Right. I mean, there I you go my, being a dick again. I mean, mine was, I was right <laughs> okay, on the nose. 
You guys should meet. I love you, bro. <laughs> hey. Hey, what yo. is wrong with you? <laughs> Back to the Bee Gees. <laughs> Please, uh, thank you. Yeah, this giant talking. Saturday Night Fever. This you is the what? Bee Gees back on uh, After Cool in the Gang. Now we're jive talking. I think, I think the people sleep on this song so much because they know the other one so much uh-huh. that jive talking gets slept on. Sure. I 100%. love playing this. Yes, sir. It's got a nice little bass line. Yeah. Very light. It sounds very... like George Michael a little bit. Okay, yeah. Oh, George I Michael sounds a little bit like him, yep. yeah. But it's not. So, are the BGs still alive? Yeah. Some of them. Some of them. Yeah, one of them just passed away, I think, last year or the year oh. before. You think or you know? I'm pretty positive You're one of them. Sure? Just, I'm pretty sure? I'm pretty sure. Thank you, Tomcat. <laughs> you want to you do pretty your research? Sure that keyboard works yeah, right man, there. Do your research. Do your here. research and see if, how, if they're alive and how old are they. I'm going to guess that they're in their early 80s now. Really? We, we, that must be that, that should be our number one factoid about the BGs. Are they, <laughs> are they alive? <laughs> are they alive? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure pretty they're alive. Sure. I know Barry Gibbs a lot. <laughs> so how do they go in order, like from the oldest to youngest? <laughs> pretty sure we're looking it up right now. Did we find it? Barry Gibbs is the only living brother. Barry right Gibb. At 75 years old. So is he the one he's, that had the really the big hair? He's the star, right? Yeah, he, I think he was the, the youngest. One. He, he had the long hair, and he had the, uh, he was probably the. Was he the lead? Uh, yeah, he was the lead guy. All right, who had the nicest beard? I think Maurice. That was Maurice with the big, thick beard. Well, who's the oldest, who's the youngest, and who's the mean baby? I think they all had a beard. Uh, let's see. Barry uh, was born in 1946. All right. And then uh, let's see here. Robin was born in, uh, he died at 62 years old back in 2012. He was born in 49. So he's the knee baby. And then you had uh, Maurice, and Maurice was born in 1949, and he died in 2003 at 53. So two of the three BGs are oh. fast. Yeah. Oh. Wow, 2012. Barry, Barry was like uh, the biggest name. And the lead of the three. And uh, he did a lot of the vocals and wrote a lot of the songs. But uh, he uh, he's still alive, I guess. Oh, okay. 75. All right. There you go. He was a baby, though, wasn't he? Maurice, yeah. Well, let's see here. I had the information. He was born in ni- uh, 49, right? Yeah, the two were born in 1949, the two, one, two brothers. Also, they twins. Let's see if they were born on the same day. Robin Gibb was born on December 22nd, 1949. And let's see here. Robin, Maurice. Maurice was born December 22nd, 1949. So, yes, two of the Bee Gees were twins. And, and Barry was born in 46. So he's, he's the older brother of the twins. Yeah, okay. Now that we've all shaken that out, we know all more right. about the yeah. Bee Gees. That's good. Go. You learned something new here There's on the Bible There's no Boys. such thing as useless knowledge, folks. Somebody's going to ask you something about the uh, Bee Gees, and you're like, boom, I got it. The Vinyl Boys. Now, I used to get this song confused and think this was, uh, this is the Bee Gees. Isn't yes. it this song? Yes, this is the it's Bee Gees. Disco Inferno is not the Bee Gees, no. I think. No, the uh, Disco Inferno, that's the Tramps. Yes. Yeah. This is You Should Be Dancing, yeah. which this yeah. song is, man, this song slaps. Yeah, yeah dude. 
like if you don't if this if this song don't move you you're dead or you might be in a cast or something because you should be like dancing you should be dancing thank you tk you should be dancing yeah the bass in this is just so freaking heavy I mean, they are going for it, man. They really are going for it. Oh, he's plucking that baby. Don't you know? I'm, I'm pretty oh, sure. God damn it! I'm trying to. Say. When you hear, you hear something like that have a lot of instruments, like back in the day when, when this song is hitting, it's really going. You gotta like really appreciate like the, the session when they were putting this shit together. Like they were fucking at the top of their game. This was in the Minions movie, uh, Despicable yeah. Me too, and they had all the little Minions <laughs> dancing to this. It was classic. Think about the, the residuals they getting off of that. Oh, dude, they've been paid off this <laughs> song since they made it. Hell yeah. One of the biggest disco songs in the era, saying it was number one U.S. hit in 1976. Nice. Before yeah. you were born. Yeah. Pre-me. Pre-TK. This See little, how nice things the were? The world was nice. It was Everybody great. was dancing. And, and then Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> <laughs> Came around and screwed it all up. But then, it, then the world brought me and Gentry to fix it. So, you know, the 78 was a great year. Well, we're waiting. That was when the Debbie Does Dallas soundtrack came out. Oh, boy. <laughs> can't take them nowhere, man. This is a great song. Yeah, it is. I have no idea what he's saying right there. Nobody some knows. Of those, those are the best songs when yeah, you don't no, know the words. Nobody knows what the hell they were talking about. It was just great to dance to. Now, here's a question. Was this the song that was playing when he was in the competition, right? This was his final dance with the girl. When they won the competition? Maybe. I think so. I have uh, the information here. I'm going to try to find it, but there's a few songs. Here it is. Travolta was not dancing to the Bee Gees. Some of the film's most iconic scenes involve Tony and Annette dancing to the Bee Gees. Big hits, You Should Be Dancing More Than a Woman. But the Bee Gees had no involvement in the film, and their music was only added in post-production. So it says here we were recording. Uh, that's the quote we heard actually earlier. But uh, Travolta wasn't dancing to the Bee Gees. The music he was dancing to was, uh, we found out, Stevie Wonder song and a Boz Skag song for the two songs you should be dancing and more than a woman. So at the time they're filming it, he's dancing to a Stevie Wonder song. I wonder how they kept the tempo. The songs would have to be the same tempo, right? Or the... Same BPM. I'm trying to think what was a high Stevie record back then. It doesn't say in the article that I'm reading which specific tracks they were. It just says Travolta wasn't dancing to the Bee Gees while we're filming. What music was backing his monster moves that he later revealed in an interview was Stevie Wonder and Boz, Boz Skaggs. And that More Than a Woman and You Should Be Dancing were dubbed in later after the fact. But I'm pretty sure you should be dancing, like you said, Raymo. It was the last song of the movie when he's doing the dance off. Which, right. if I remember watching it last night, he didn't seem like he was happy that he won. He gave his trophy to the Spaniards. He felt like he lost. Yeah, he, and, and that they were just pandering to him. Right, because I believe the club that they were at was supposed to be like in his 
home neighborhood. And he like, was pissed off that they just gave it to him. Right, he right. Like he wasn't better. Yeah, he thought the Puerto Rican couple was better. And he and that's when he called him the derogatory name on the way out of the club. Really? Yeah. Even though he thought they were better. Yeah, like that was what he called them. He was the villain your word. Yep. Okay, you could say it. Yeah, yeah, no. They, they, they said that a lot in the movie. Yeah. I we I mean is it offensive? Yeah, but like, as did they far say as Guido or anything like, like that to each other? Tons of them. Guido, Con- tons of. I don't remember if they said that in the movie. I, I, I think, I think probably. Was, yeah, but if I, I remember right, he said the line was, "If you want to give it to the, because the was better than me, then ah. give it, give it to the." Ah. I mean, he he said it like three or four times. Yeah. I guess he yeah. was pissed. Yeah, but he, I, was, but he, but he felt like he beat him. He was like, if if he was better than me, then he should get the award. That's why he gave him the the award. I think he was like standing up for him and the money. But he had no plan, yeah, and he gave him the money and the trophy. But yeah. he had to like uh, call him a name first. Yeah. Well, you know, because he's he could have just been right? totally cool, but he also had to be a, be dick, a dick and <laughs> dick at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. Welcome Kinda, to our world. I'm gonna be right? real cool and then right, call I'm you like, a you fucking name in your face. They <laughs> should had a, a part in the scene where you like you call him and they start fighting. Just kind of uncalled for. But I don't know. Yeah. People, they didn't know back then. I think they're just. Did they not know? I don't know. They Who knew. knows? They knew. They knew what was up. Just, they were just angry or something back then. I'm just going to call you a name. No, it, just, it was just, I I don't know, back then. It's a different time. Yeah. People weren't so sensitive, man. Well, I don't oh, know that they weren't no, they so sensitive. It ain't being I, sensitive. I think it you was just, just call, you call somebody out their name. You got to deal with the consequences it, that it was, come after that. It was. I think it was just, you said, a different time, like... For whatever reason, it was allowed to be done. I mean, because think about it. Just movies in general, even through the 80s, were a bit racy. Like, they, oh, the, the good man. old days. The soul soul man. Yeah. <laughs> you can make the soul it's man also today. Gen- like, it's also generational because yeah. during that time, that was like our parents' time. But then our generation, like, our generation is like, uh, no, we ain't tolerating that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they yeah, you, tolerate You call me on my name. Yeah. I'm gonna hit you in the head to the white meat yeah, show. Right, this right, is right. Well, we've, you know, Salsation. I think hip hop like salsa in itself mm. brought a Salsation. lot. Just nah. the movement, not necessarily the music, but just Uh-oh. our generation. Ooh. What is this? I remember the song. Salsation. Yeah. I like those horns. Raymo, uh-huh. you, you said you was gonna be uh-huh. dancing, and we ain't uh-huh. seen not one dance this, move yet. This was the actual song that the Spick couple danced to. He's he's Puerto Rican, folks. Just just no, so you I, know, sorry, sorry, just so you know, sorry, he's not sorry, a bunch yeah, of yeah. white people in here sitting here saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, did he just say that shit? He's I, a Spanish person saying that. That that edible has definitely kicked in, or is it about is. to. I, I'm sorry. I'll call it the S word. We'll call it the S word. Those those, those S words. Those white I, I people think, are crazy. I, I think you should apologize to our audience. Somebody might be offended. Why in Puerto Rican? I didn't say that. I don't mean that. Get apologize. Yeah, that'd be alright. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We, we knew what this what was. What about all the wetbacks, though? <laughs> 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 You're not Mexican. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what are they going to say? What a jackass. <laughs> God dang. That's, that's a Puerto Rican Big slide. Big races right there. That much? That, that's for that's for Puerto Rican. That's a what? That, that, I don't think Mexican. it's for Mex- no, that, that's it's not Mexican. That's Mexican. Yeah, it is. Not not the S word. Oh no. no yeah. No, yeah. the other one. Yeah. TK oh said, yeah, oh that's, yeah. That's, that's totally. Mexican. But that's what I'm saying. That's the that's oh, yeah. there. No no yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah you're right yeah you're right with that one yeah. <laughs> Better watch yourself, honky. <laughs> yeah yeah. Honky tonk. That would have been not in this movie. Yeah. Gringo. Well, don't think you gonna hit the N word because you ain't gonna get. <laughs> not this month. Yeah, we no, we don't play those games. Well, that that that's a different. That's a whole different. That's a whole different kind of thing. you ask me. So, back to this dancing, Rainbow, because you said early in the show, or I, it was either before the show started or during the show, you said that you was going to do something. I have been dance. dancing in we my head. Dancing. Okay. You should be dancing. You better. I was. Cut a rug right I was now. six years old when this. Album came out. Trust me, there's not yeah, much. And now you're 66 years old. My day. No, you, know, you said only you 52. Gonna, you, you, still, him, you still said you was gonna dance. Hop, hop, I am dancing in my head. Uh, Dude, we you know what I mean? Head, so good. No. That's why. That's why I danced there. <laughs> so y'all can't hey, see me. Yeah, okay. Do you even? Do you even dance this also? Papi Chula. I don't dance salsa. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see it. Yeah, let's see. No, come on. How I probably can dance better salsa than you can. Sure. Oh, sure. I've never been in no dance contest. I never, I never professed to be John Travolta. I, I don't know what you've been up to, but you know, I mean, I'm, glad, I'm glad you can dance. I know what I've been into. I bet you can't break dance better than me, though. I disagree with that. I disagree with that. I guarantee you can't break dance better than me. Please, Raymo, you can barely well, stand up. When Raymo talks I about mean, break now. dance, he's gonna break his freaking Leg. ankle. Yeah, exactly. Okay, <laughs> maybe not now. I'm speaking past tense. If you caught me on my prime and break dancing, dude, you wouldn't be able to touch me. I don't know. I, I don't think so. You, you wouldn't be able to touch me. I'm telling what? you. Yeah. Can you <laughs> aviate? Can I aviate? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, oh, he got I don't you know on that, that one. Is? Oh, sorry. Right, you're going to ovulate? I got you. <laughs> I don't know what that I is. I definitely did that. When we broke dance, we just Aviations, dance. helicopter. Just you know what a helicopter is? Oh, yeah, yeah. I know what the helicopter okay, is. Okay, so then you should know what aviation is. How about the bat wing? Aviation is doing a helicopter without your hands, just flipping with yeah, your with legs. Yeah, with your shoulders. And, and yeah, oh, yeah, your shoulders, yeah. or you can flip off your head. Oh, no, dude. There's so many different ways to do it. I don't see how yeah, you yeah. can do it on your hands. I always feel like yeah, you that was always a pain in the ass. Like, yeah, you got carpal tunnel. Well, the, the helicopter 20. was always like the beginner's move before you went into the aviations and then the head spins and the, yeah. the 99 and a half. Yeah, I, tried, I tried that head spin once and it was not a good thing. Me either. Right there. <laughs> yep. I, had a I was really kind of chunky, headache. so my uh, my neck couldn't hold up. You were yeah. kind of chunky. It wasn't ready for the pressure. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I've always had it. Uh, yeah, so man. shut up. Yeah. I didn't say it. TK said it. I know. Who's he doing? <laughs> this is uh, KG. Performed by How long MF is this song? SB uh, 4 minutes and 13 seconds Yeah, this was definitely the song they danced to Oh no, this was uh, That was the last that song Salsation is what yeah. you're talking yeah. about Yeah, this is um, KG This is MFSB Which stands for Mother, Father, Sister, Brother This is probably like a dancing in the It was uh, the 30 uh, The MFSB Mother, father, sister, brother was uh, 30 studio musicians that were based out of Philly. And they 
with score movies. Are you sure it's not MF and Sister Brother? MF and Sister Brother! Well, that was borderline racist there, Tom. Yeah, Brad. it was kind of close, man. MF and Sister Brother? MF and MF and Sister Brother? I think it's the way you said it. Yeah. MF and Sister Brother. Wrong podcast. Listen, wrong <laughs> podcast. We're not talking about mouth breathers right now, so leave them alone. Ba-da-bump. KG MFSB. That's funky. That is funky. Uh, Broadway Eddie helped produce this one, along with Bobby Martin. What do you think that drink of choice was back then? If you listening to this, what, you, what do you think that drink of choice was? Maybe mm. uh, Tangeray, Old Fashioned? Oh. Oh, Manhattan? A Manhattan. I don't know. This is a little too, this is a little too much for a older. Manhattan. Screwdriver? Whatever those wimpy drinks are. Like a champagne, man. yeah, there's definitely a lot of champagne flowing. Cause you were the big shit. I'm trying to think what was, what what, what did my family? It says here. I, I just coolers? I just asked no, that was Google, what was the most popular drink at a bar in the mid '70s, and what it came up with was a White Russian. What, what's, this so rich, creamy drink made with vodka, yeah, coffee, liqueur, and cream yeah. served yeah. over ice in an old-fashioned tumbler. Yeah, and it was all the rage in the 70s. The Big yeah. Lebowski. Yeah. I bet they had a lot of diarrhea, vodka, and cream. Oh, boy, your stomach was terrible the next day. No wonder you had to dance it off. You had to hope you burn this shit off so you be out on the toilet. Yeah, baby. but they ate a lot of real food back then, so like I would imagine. Well, meat was a yeah. lot probably better. A lot there was a lot oh, less yeah, processed like, food. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. The so, Cosmopolitan, it says, was also a popular Cosmo. drink. Cosmo, sure. People were drinking uh, margaritas. How about the Tom Collins? Listen to Tom Collins. I have no and idea. Who the hell is Tom Collins? Well, I know old people like it. Old Fashioned is on the list. Old, old Fashioned, fashioned yeah. Yeah, Old Fashioned. I can see that one. I drink the New Fashioned, but my way. What's the new fashion? I don't fashion? drink anymore. With Inyeho uh, or Reposado That's tequila. That's good stuff. But you got to drink the good stuff. You can't drink like nothing like whack. Don't shelf, you know, like. Sure, sure, sure. You got to drink some good shit. Some, uh, uh, what about a Harvey Wallbanger? Three Migos. <laughs> Have you ever I heard mean, of those? I know a Memphis Wallbanger in the ass. <laughs> a, Tom, a Tom Collins uh, says that it's a clean cocktail compared to others. It's just gin, lemon, simple syrup, and some soda. But in the 70s, the drink was made with a pre-packaged mix chock full of sugar. So they did have a Tom Collins mix back in the 70s. So what's a Harvey Wallbanger? A Harvey Wallbanger, that is, let's see, it's a sort of vanilla sweet Italian liquor. And a Galliano? Galliano? A Galliano sort of vanilla sweet Italian liquor. With some vodka and a bunch of OJ, and that would be the Harvey Wallbanger. Sounds unattractive. This song right here by the Tramps, Burn Baby Burn, Disco Inferno. Probably one of the most popular disco songs ever, if not the most popular. Yeah. You guys know what the very first ever disco song was ever? Uh, the first disco record. According, according to the internet. Right, right. 1972 was the very first disco record. This movie came out in 77. But so they claim the first recorded disco song was She's a Winner by The Intruders. 
But there's also people that consider Rock the Boat by Hughes Corporation. Rock 1973. Rock the Boat by Hughes Corporation. It's close, but it's a little it's a little down tempo for what I would consider like a traditional disco song. Because in my mind, disco represented like the real birth of like nightclubs mm-hmm. in America. It was a lot of energy. Right, you know? Just listening to this song, I, I'm visualizing being in the 70s, going to some of these spots, and just walking in. It's like fucking pandemonium, and sure. motherfuckers like tossing their coat to the, to, to the chick that's walking in and giving me a ticket, and you walk your ass in there and get on the dance floor yeah. and do your thing. Definitely. Damn, that's probably a good time. That's probably why we're here. Oh, yeah. This band was <laughs> uh, this band was out of Philadelphia too. You got to give the city Philly. of brotherly love sure. a lot of love when it comes to disco music. A lot of good music came out of Philly. Philly don't get its props. You know, Motown, Memphis, yeah. L.A., New York, obviously, Detroit. It says here that this song you can make a football joke right now, but I won't. It says here that this song only reached number 11 on the Billboard Hot 100. I'm surprised. Really? That in 1978, when this song was charting, that it did not hit number one. Hard to believe. Well, you probably got to think what was out when this song came out. What there 10, what 10 other songs of kept it out of the top 10? What? Yeah, in 78? Sure. I don't know. Probably some Barbara Streisand shit. Or, who I'm knows? Saying, oh, Barbara Streisand went doing shit in 78, which is a great year, by the way. It, it was. It was yeah, cool. It was, it was a cool year. Yeah, it was a good year. Just got my first piece of ass. Like, no, I'm kidding. I'm like, say, <laughs> wait a minute. You were born in 71? No, 72. No, I think in 78, I think was the first time that I ever encountered marijuana in person. Like that I seen it for the first time. Oh, and I was wow. like, whoa. Big songs from 1978 were Staying Alive. You Light Up My Life by Debbie Boone. Yep. You. Uh, also, How Deep Is Your Love. Yes. Uh, Boogie, Oogie, Oogie. Get down. The Commodores, three yeah. times, once, twice, three, three times, times a lady. Oh, that's back when uh, Lionel Richie was black. Yeah, he was yeah. still black then. And John Travolta and Olivia Newton John uh-huh. were doing Grease in that song. Oh, yes. You're the one that I want. This song is pretty I'm, annoying, man. I, it I, is. I'll give it one good I love run, that but movie, I'm though. ready to get out of by the second chorus. Another popular Fun song movie. from 1978, which is when I guess this song was actually released as a single to chart. But um, another big song was by uh, Frankie Valli, which was Grease, the movie Grease. And Billy Joel, you remember that slow song, Just The Way, Love You Just The Way You Are. Yep. That song was He a was one. huge in the 70s, too. Billy Joel was like New York. Yeah. yeah. He, he was uh, Queens. Yeah, big time. This movie fil- filmed in Brooklyn, and they said at Saturday Night Fever, they would have to film the street scenes early in the morning. Because once people got wind at this hunk of a man that they loved, John Travolta, he was out in the streets of Brooklyn. They would bombard, and they said it would be hard for them to film so many people in the streets. So they would have to do it right as the sun would come up. They would film a lot of the scenes early in the morning. So John Travolta, already a big star from that show. Welcome back, Kata. 
Mm-hmm. Must have been a really big show. It was you. You, you didn't watch I rem- it. I remember it, but it was a little before my time. I love that show. It was great. The Sweat Hogs. There was a lot of stars, I think, in that show. I believe. Or maybe I'm thinking of uh, Taxi. You remember the movie? Yeah, I remember the show Taxi. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny, Danny, Danny DeVito. DeVito was in that. Yep. Yeah. And uh, this is the long version of this song, yeah, by the way. Ten the minutes. Trans- ten minutes. And version. fifty-one seconds, which I believe this is the longest song on this album. Let me double check. Here. I was thinking that it was skipping because yeah. he just kept the saying longest song on oh, earth. Yeah, These people must have been in great shape dancing into all this. Burn. I know. Ten minutes. John, Tra- John That's Travolta. That's got all that speed and shit. It's like mixing breakbeats. John Travolta did say that he got in some of the greatest shape of his life when he was doing this movie. Do you if you remember the moves, there was one move where he like bounced down, like dropping his ass all the way to the floor, and then kind of bounced up, almost like that Russian dance where they would kick their feet out. Oh yeah. But he added a little '70s flair to it. The babushka. Yeah, it's like that where you go all the way to the bottom and then kick yourself up and kick your feet out. Right. Uh, you know, if you got bad knees, it's not easy to do. Hell no. Yeah. Especially if you're packing a few pounds in the belly. <laughs> he was looking slim and trim in this movie. Yeah. So young, 23 years old. Damn. I'm going to have to confirm that, but I'm pretty sure that's what I'm pretty sure that's what I read. Pretty sure. Yeah, here it is. I was right. His breakthrough movie performance at the age of 23. He plays a 19-year-old, though, in the movie. Tony Monero mm-hmm. was 19. The Tony. Tony. An Italian-American native of Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, was Tony. He lived for the nights on the dance floor at the 2001 Odyssey, usually followed by getting drunk and climbing up the pulleys of the Narrows Bridge. Yep. But most of the time, his life sucked. If you remember, he worked at the paint store. He did. He didn't like it his at all. His boss would bust his ass all the time. So did his dad. Yeah. And his mom, because his brother was a priest, and she wanted him to go to, you know, wherever they go to learn. Seminary about school. God. Yeah, that. And he didn't, you know, he was always out dancing. He's like, fuck you, Mom and Dan. I'm going to boogie. Yeah. <laughs> you, I don't know if you remember last night watching the movie, there was even a part where his mom kind of set it up so that Tony and his brother, who was a priest, got to talk and like. They got to talking about that, mm. how how mom wanted him to be that, and he didn't want to be that. He wanted to dance. And True. Here's something. Dancing. Uh, here's a, another little nugget about this. So in uh, 2012, it was ranked 132nd on the Rolling Stone magazine's top 500 albums of all time. But back in 2020, they revised their list, and it dropped to 163. They also came out with two versions of uh, the movie as well, where there was the dirty version, and then they had a clean version that they cut the sex scenes out and the swearing. They muted the swearing, Ooh. and that helped the movie to make even more money because at the time, you know, it wasn't that easy to see R-rated movies. So uh, there is a clean version of the movie that came out back like three or four months after the dirty version came out. And that's what really catapulted the movie and the album sales. And John Travolta's career. Well, who wants to see a clean version of that? Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Dem Vinyl Boys. I really appreciate you bringing in this album, Memphis, and I'm sure the listeners appreciate it, too. Yeah, man. Well, you're welcome. You know, anything to uh, yeah. keep it rocking and whatnot. I, 
Got an idea for the next one, too, if you want to do another soundtrack. I greatly appreciate it. Does Dallas soundtrack? No, not that one. I got to find that one. But I was thinking more mm-hmm. of uh, 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 the, 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 the doggone shit. Oh, Pulp Fiction. I don't want to have to talk about John Travolta again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had enough of Tony for one week. Hey. Well, this is kind of like a different side of him, though, if you think about it. He's always Vinnie Barbarino to me. <laughs> what about Beethoven? You guys want to do Beethoven? Sure, it's some classical. I'm going to have to get really high for that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah, can yeah. Do we'll it. have to get some special weed. Like yeah, maybe some I'll, Khalifa I'll, I'll, I'm Kush or for, something. I'm all for it, but I'm all for it. This is music before music was recorded. So, you know, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to learn about the times of Beethoven and Mozart. Some of the original uh, music. I, I'm thinking music goes even before Beethoven. Probably so. But so. music was not recorded. It was uh, composed back in the time of Beethoven. Back in so. the day. What episode would that be, by the way? Maybe you got me on the spot. I'm guessing that we're up in the uh, 80s to 90s, somewhere in there. Yeah, I figured. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Saturday Night Fever, one of the great soundtracks of all time. We hope you've learned something. We hope you've enjoyed uh, sitting back and listening to this album with us. Thanks to our sponsor, Factor Meals. Mm. Go to uh, factormeals.com slash DVB50 and get your 50% off. In the meantime, keep the needle in the groove and keep it groovy. And we'll see you back next week on Dem Vinyl Boys. We out of here. Yeah. How deep is your love? Sing it, Rainbow. I can't hear you. Oh. Am I supposed to keep going? Yeah, sorry. Fuck it, we'll get out of here. Breaking us down. Terrible. (laughs) (laughs) With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.